0: Awesome. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you guys doing today? Everybody good? Man, I'm glad you, I'm glad to be back in the pulpit up up here on stage. I've been out for um, the last several weeks, but uh, I'm glad that you guys are here with us. Uh, my name's Clayton. Like Noah said, I'm the senior pastor here at Central. And uh, before we get started with uh, the message today, I want to give you an opportunity to to scan the, the screens over here. You can follow along with the uh, the notes um, for for today. And if you haven't uh, realized, I've been actually out of off the stage the last four out of the last five weeks and. Um, Some of y'all didn't even realize, some of you guys loved it. Um, uh, But uh, I'm back, sorry, uh, you're stuck with me. Uh, It was good to be able to get away for a little bit and um, just kind of uh, rejuvenate uh, today. So uh, the sermon's going to be about an hour and a half long, and I got a lot of catching up to do um, today. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's not. Okay, so, uh, but um, going on vacation was really, really good and getting getting away. My family loves to go to the mountains. It's one of our favorite places to go, but we also sometimes go to the beach. Anybody beach goers around here? The beach, just there's just sand there, and that's the problem. Um, that's the problem with the beach is just sand. It gets in everything uh, all the time for the entire time you're on vacation, but uh, I remember one time we took our kids out of school early, uh, like school was ending May the whenever, and um, we took them out the day before school got out. Now, that's, that's parenting right there. Just, just get them out and just go. And uh, they weren't, they're not doing anything that last day. They're just, like, having parties or whatever, watching movies. So, so um, we, we took them out. We went to, to the beach, and um, we went on vacation in the evenings. Uh, we, uh, at night, we actually went out uh, with flashlights and little nets, and we were hunting ghost crabs. Anybody ever done that? Man, it's a lot of fun to, to go uh, crab hunting um, on the beach that you spend all day on. And now at night, all of a sudden, these these crabs just start coming out of the ground everywhere. And so we would go up and down the beach and, and searching for for these crabs, and we would catch some, and and uh, we were filling up this bucket. And all of a sudden, we got to this one spot, and all these crabs like started coming up out of the ground. It was just it was the motherload. And then this 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 uh, huge crab uh, came up out of the ground. It was like the the crab that. Um, you know, made them all. I don't know, like this huge crab, this massive crab. And it like scared us. I mean, we're in the middle of the, the dark. It's got the big pinchers and we're running around like screaming like little girls and um, trying to catch this crab. And we finally catch this crab. We, we filled them all in our in buckets and I think they all end up dying or something. I can't remember, but they were terrible. But uh, but we we found like, it was almost like buried treasure. I mean, it was all of these crabs, in one central location all at once. And we've been searching for a long time for these crabs. Well, this is the terrible intro for today, that uh, in Scripture, um, there are, there's every once in a while that you kind of hit the motherload, so to speak, with, with whether it's theology or just uh, God's love, and it's just, it's just all right there. Well, today we're going to look in a passage of Scripture that really is kind of the motherload of just normal people, In fact, in Colossians chapter 4, there's this this entire chapter where 10 ordinary people um, get name-dropped just one after another. In fact, two weeks ago, we talked about Luke, and Luke is name-dropped there. Last week, we talked about Nympha, and her name was name-dropped right there. And at the very end of Colossians chapter 4, there is one other guy's name that... That gets thrown into Scripture, and today that's what we're going to talk about. And so if you have your Bibles, Colossians chapter 4, and we'll start um, in verse 17. But again, like we do every Sunday, I'll have everything up here on the screen. So Colossians chapter 4, verse 17, starts off with this. And say to Archippus, what a name, right? Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. That's it, okay? That's where we're going to land today, and we're going to look at the guy named Archippus, a guy that maybe you've never even heard of before. And there's two reasons that we are going to look at Archippus. One is that I believe we need to be spiritually stretched sometimes. We need to look at some passages that are a little bit difficult and try to discern what God is actually, actually trying to speak um, to us. I don't know if my phone is listening to me all the time. Anybody think your phone's listening to you all the time? But but. All of a sudden, I've been getting these Instagram ads for a, um, an old man yoga stretching, like, uh, like app. And I'm, I'm actually really interested in it, honestly. It's, it's pretty cheap. I'm thinking about doing it uh, because, man, I'm always complaining about, about uh, like, my, I'm getting old and, man, I'm just, uh, like, I'm just feeling bad all the time, my legs and all that kind of stuff. And so I don't know if it's, if it's listening to me, but I keep getting these ads. And, and sometimes we need to be stretched like that. We need spiritually to be stretched um, in, in Scripture. And, and, and also, the second reason I think we need to, to spend some time with this is that every verse in Scripture is important. It's there on purpose, and we need to learn what it's like to just sit in a verse and just stop and say, God, what are you actually trying to teach us here? So that's what we're going to do today. So who was Archippus? He was only mentioned two times in Scripture. And actually, in fact, I want to take you to one of the other locations that he was mentioned, okay? So in uh, Philemon, um, Philemon, uh, the very beginning, his name is mentioned here. And Paul is writing, and he says this, Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, too. And he says this guy's named Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier and the church in your house. So we see Archippus, his name is, is put in here again, and we know some thing, a couple things um, from, from this scripture. One is that Archippus was probably a young believer, like a young guy, because this was a family. Philemon was probably married to Aphia, and that was their kid, Archippus. He's was probably a teenager, young man, and evidently they had a church in their home. There was a church that was meeting in their their living room. Now, back then, that's how you had to do it because it was actually illegal to have a physical church building like we do today. In fact, the first 150 years of Christianity, they met in in church homes. So where would we meet if we were back then? Well, what we do is we would ask, who has the largest house in this room? Who's got the most square footage? Who's got the biggest living room, biggest kitchen? And we'd figure out who that person was. And we'd say, hey, we're meeting at your house. Next week, okay? So that's pretty much how they would do it back then. And evidently, this is what was going on with with Philemon and Aphia and their their son, Archippus. The church met in their house. Now, if we go back to Colossians chapter 4, we're going to look at a couple things about his life that really pertain to us as well. And the first thing that I recognize, and I think we need to recognize today, about Archippus is that he was a man on a mission. Even though he was a young guy... He might have still been living at home. The church was meeting in his house, but he was a man on a mission. And we know this because in this passage, Paul says, See that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. This word ministry um, is this word, uh, this Greek word, diaconus, which we get the word deacon from, we get the word service from. And it can mean a lot of things, but it always means and refers to doing something for someone else, for someone else's benefit. And the Bible says here that it was something that was received by Archippus, that God had actually given it to him. It was transferred to him, and it became his responsibility. Now, I don't know if any other guys are the same way as me, but have you ever been sitting on your couch and your, your wife comes to you and says, hey, I need, I need you to go to the grocery store. I need you to get these things. And you're just like, oh. So you get up, go to your car like a zombie, Get in the car, drive to the grocery store, you get out, you walk, to, uh, walk up to the door, you get your cart, you go through the door, and you see all the aisles, and then you're like, What was I supposed to get? <laughs> right? Anybody that's like that? I mean, it happens, never happened to me. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing you guys on the bus. It happens to me all the time, right? And, I, and so I, I have to text Holly. Um, uh, so uh, can you give me the whole list? I want to make sure I didn't you know, leave anything out. And I don't remember any of it. Um, to, to be able to get it, it was this responsibility that's given to me, and I, and I forgot about it. But, but in this story, in Archippus's story, it was this responsibility that was given to him. This ministry was something that, that he was supposed to, to do. It was a responsibility, actually, to be in the service of others for their benefit. It was his mission. He was a man on a mission. And a question for us today is this, what is my life's mission? Have you ever thought about that? What is the mission of your life? I believe God has equipped every single person here, whether you're a teenager or a senior adult in this room or in between, God has equipped you for a certain mission in your life. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 talks about it. The Bible says a spiritual gift is given to each of us. Why? So we can help each other. Did you know that? Have you ever realized that about spiritual gifts? The purpose of spiritual gifts, well, one is to glorify God, but also so that we can help each other. Now that's a big difference in our culture, because our culture teaches us, hey, you're in it for yourself. Do whatever you can to make much for yourself in this life. Our culture says that we should be self-seeking. It teaches us that we should be self-satisfying. It teaches us that we should just be selfish. And that's honestly, that's what our culture teaches us. But if you're in Christ, if the Holy Spirit is living inside of you, you know what the Holy Spirit does? He gives you his heart, specifically for other people. He changes your heart to where you no longer want to be selfish, but but you want to help other people. It It becomes a ministry for your life. And my question for you today is this, have you found that mission? Have you found your life's mission? A lot of people would say that that's like God's will for your life, you know. And sometimes I think we get that backwards, trying to find God's will for our life. We want God to reveal it to us in a dream or give me a vision or just write it down on a piece of paper and hand it to me. Like we want God to tell us what um, his, his will for our lives are is, and, then, and then actually equip us then to do that thing. But in fact, it's actually backwards. Usually God equips you first, And it says, this is your mission. Let me prove it. Look what Romans 12 says. Romans 12 says this. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Okay, talking about the church. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Doing certain things well. What you do well just might be your mission. You ever think about that? How God has equipped you just might be the mission you have in this life. I don't know if you guys know Albert Pujols. I think everybody pretty much does. They they recognize that name. But he was a a famous uh, Major League Baseball player. He's retired now. But let me read some things about him. He played for 22 seasons. Had 703 home runs. That's on my bucket list to, to hit a home run someday and dunk. But that's never going to happen. So, um, but but uh, he had 703 home runs. He won two Golden Gloves, three MVPs, Rookie of the Year, and two World Series titles. And here's what he says. Baseball is not the end. Baseball is the means by which I glorify God. Baseball is simply my platform to elevate Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. And then he goes on and said, I've heard kids say they want to be just like me when they grow up. They should know I want to be just like Jesus. That's what he has to say. Why does he say that? Why does he do do that? Because he believes that God has gifted him for a specific purpose, and he wants to use that for the benefit of others and for the glory of God. What you do well just might be your mission in this life, what you're fired up about. What makes you passionate? God's done that on purpose. So Archippus was a, was a man that was on a mission, but there's something else we see in this, this passage in Colossians chapter 4. It's that he needed a pep talk. I mean, he, he needed some encouragement in the middle of whatever he was doing. He needed some encouragement, or maybe perhaps he needed some correction. We don't know exactly what was going on, but Paul knew Paul knew the the story behind Archippus and what he was supposed to do. And he also knew that if he wrote to Archippus' dad, that Archippus would eventually get that message. Because he was in their house, the church was in their house. They would get that letter and they would read it um, together. And Archippus is back in his room. And once he hears his name, he's going to come out and say, what did Paul have to say um, to me? And then he would get that message. And Paul was cheering him on, saying, Archippus, you're a young guy, but you have a mission in this life. He says, "I'm, I'm here for you. Let me help you. I don't know if you ever had someone like that in your life, someone that is that has encouraged you like that. Growing up, I had a lot of different coaches that um, th- throughout my my uh, my time growing up, but one of the Guys that was probably the most influential in my life was actually not even my coach. He was somebody else's coach, but he spoke into my life. There's this guy um, in high school who was a, um, an anatomy and physiology teacher, but he was also the gymnastics coach. And if you look at me, you realize I did not do gymnastics, okay? That was just not what I did. But he was a coach that would go around to the different sports and he would speak to them because he had an incredible message um, to carry. This guy was awesome. His, his name was um, Todd Vesper. And he was uh, during that time. He won five state titles. He won four national championships. He was the high school national coach of the year two times. And it was at a football school, at Permian in Texas, and in football town. He, because of his influence, he ended up becoming the executive director of all of athletics, a gymnastics coach. Why? Because he had an incredible message to give. And I still remember this. He sat all of us down one day, and he he said this. I'm going to read it to you. He said, Doing your best is one of the hardest things you'll ever do, and it's almost impossible. But it's something you must do every day. And when you give your best every day, you deposit greatness into the purpose of your life. But when we continue to give less than our best, we sabotage our life's purpose. And he said that to a a group of high school guys. I'll tell you what, it changed my life. It was way better than, hey, guys, y'all doing an incredible job. Just get out there and win, okay? Be better than the other team, like a lot of coaches say. He said, man, I've got something that will change your life. i got a message for you. I needed that. I needed that encouragement in my life. I needed that correction in my life. I want to ask you this. Do you have it all put together, or do you need a coach too? I think every single one of us needs a coach. We need someone that is lifting us up, that is encouraging us, um, that is correcting us when we, when we go astray, that's giving wisdom into our journey so that we don't make mistakes and is there to, to help us. And, and Todd Vesley was a, was a coach to me. Paul was, was a coach as well. And you know what? Jesus is a coach. If you think about it, with his disciples, he was coaching them all along. There's a story when he goes, uh, when Jesus gets his disciples together and says, hey, I'm going to send you guys out in pairs. And I want you guys to go out in these towns, into these regions, and you're going to do this ministry. It's going to be awesome. You're going to love it. And they were scared to death because they had lived their, their life with Jesus by being kind of behind him, just cheering him on as Jesus did incredible miracles. And Jesus finally said, you know what? We're switching. He says, hey, "You guys can do this. I'm going to equip you, I'm going to help you. I'm going to give you um, encouragement. I'm going to, to be there with you. And, and you know what? I'm going to take care of you, and you guys can do this." And he helped them, He coached them, and they did some incredible things. And here's the deal: Jesus can be your coach too. But what else Jesus also does, is He brings people into your life to help coach you, to equip you, to influence you. You need a coach. Archippus needed a coach. And one of the reasons we know that Archippus needed a coach is because he wasn't finished. Like His ministry was not done yet. He wasn't, he wasn't finished yet. Look, look what it says here. Paul says, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. What does it mean to fulfill your ministry? What this word means is for you to, to get as much done as humanly possible. To leave nothing on the table. To... To leave it out on the field, whatever cliche you know phrase you want to say, that's what that's what Paul was saying. A couple weeks ago, our, our youth group went to Falls Creek Youth Camp, and, and uh, I was pretty impressed. We had we we had a couple of volleyball teams, and one of our volleyball teams was was the girls, uh, the high school girls, and and uh, they were they were playing, and some of these other churches are a little crazy, okay? About their about their teams. They this one team I was watching play and and they had like matching uniforms and I mean they were like three hits, you know, setting up and spiking, and I was like, we're gonna lose bad. And uh, and so and so, we made the semifinals, and we met up with this, this team, and I got there, and I just want some of you over here, I'm sorry, I had no confidence in you at all. Like, I just, I didn't think you had it at all, and uh, y'all you know, were shorter than them, and um, and you are playing out on the sand. This sand is hot, guys. It was so hot. They had they had a water hoses. In between points, you had to spray it down just so you could survive um, on the sun. Like, that's what it felt like. And, uh, and so we, we were playing, and we were getting beat pretty good. And, and all of a sudden, like, we just started getting you know, more points and more points and more points. And, like, one after another. And it was crazy. Like, I, hadn't, I did not believe you could do it. But somehow we beat that team. It was awesome. And we were like celebrating. We celebrated a little too much. I mean, this is like a church camp. We're supposed to like, you know, be, you know, thankful to the team. We're like, in your face. We got you. Get out of here, you know. And, uh, but we won, right, because, because our team wasn't done yet. And I thought we were done. I just thought we were done. But our team wasn't done yet. And Archippus, in his story, even in just this one verse, we realized that, that he wasn't done yet. Here's a question for you. Is God done with you? Have you asked yourself that question? Is God God done with me? Well, ministry is never finished, guys. There's never an end to it. And neither are you. You're not done yet. God still wants to use you. But I know there's some people in this room who have messed up. Everybody has a past. You know what? Sometimes we're our hardest critics, and we look at our lives and say, I am disqualified. I'm exhausted. I've let other people down. I'm of no value. I don't know what my role is in this thing. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do. You know what? There's people in the Bible that are the same way. Young Timothy was the same way. He was in over his head. He was exhausted. He wasn't sure about this mission that God had had given him. And Paul, being that great coach that he is, he wrote something to Timothy as well. And I want to read that to you. In 2 Timothy, here's what Paul said. He said, but you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. I mean, evidently Timothy was kind of concerned about, should I do this thing? He says, don't be afraid of that. Work at telling others the good news. And here's where it is again. He says this. And fully carry out the ministry God has given you. He says, don't quit. God has a purpose for you. And then he goes on in the next couple of verses and gives, him, gives, him, gives his own life as an example. Remember, Paul's in prison. He says this. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. The time of my death is near. I and mean, he's about to die. And he says this, this famous passage. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. And I have remained faithful he had finished the race that God had given him. This is God's encouragement, not just to Timothy, but to you. It's encouragement to me. So these are these are the lessons that we get from Archippus, a guy who never said a word in the Bible. And yet the word is speaking to us today. And it's teaching us something. It's teaching us a, a valuable lesson. You see, the message really isn't about Archippus. The message today is about you. It's about you. So the real question is not, who is Archippus? The question that you need to answer is, who are you? Who are you? You have been given some special skills for a specific task, and that task is God-ordained, and it's been given to you. Do you know what it is? Do you know what that is? I think for some of us, we're like, yeah, I got it. I mean, I feel like I'm living in the the mission that God has given me. But I believe there's a lot of people that are just unsure about the the mission and and ministry that God has given them. So let's get a little practical here today. How many parents do we have in this room? Okay, okay we got, we got parents, we got grandparents. You've been given a special responsibility and a special skill, not only to parent your kid, which is an incredible mission on your life and a call of God on your life, but it never ends. For a lot of us, we love that. That has like become a passion of ours to disciple people up in, in, in the Lord, young people up in the Lord. That may be your mission in life. For some of you, you're... You're natural weight bearers. Meaning that, anybody love to be in charge in this room? Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You love to be in charge. I look at people that are in charge, not at people that want to tell other people what to do, but they naturally want to take on the weight and responsibility of leadership. There's some people in this room who are naturally, you are, you're a servant leader. And my question is, are you living that out? Or are you doing something else that's kind of outside of your gifting? There's some of us in this room who are behind the scenes kind of people. Anybody behind the scenes people? Yeah, a lot of people behind the scenes that you just you just you want to do your thing, but man, I can't even imagine being up on stage in front of people. I don't want to do that. I can't sing. I can't talk. I don't play an instrument. Whatever, right? Like, I want to be behind the scenes. Well, the church, the kingdom of God, needs those people. You are the secret sauce to a great recipe. Okay, of all the ingredients to a recipe, I want to be the secret sauce, you know, because that's the special part. And those people who are behind the scenes are the ones that make things happen. And the kingdom of God needs those people. Some of you, you're a starter. Like, you love, you, you love to get things um, off the ground. Like, you're terrible at finishing things, but you're good at starting things. Some of you guys, I know some of y'all in this room, they're that way. You're visionary, and the church needs visionary people To begin ministries and see things that aren't there yet, and to start those things. Some of you have incredible empathy for other people. I don't. Like, I I pray for all the time, like, God, please help me, okay? (laughs) Something I'm working on, or just being real and honest um, with you guys today. But, But some of you guys have this ability to see the needs of other people before anybody else sees them. And You are incredible relationship builders within the kingdom of God. And I would say this, you have an opportunity to be different than anybody else. And honestly, to to exemplify Jesus in people's lives more than probably anybody that we have. We need relationship builders, those who have empathy for other people. Some of you have an incredible burden to stand in the gap for people who are hurting, who are struggling, that need God to move in their life. You know what we call those? We call those prayer warriors. People that just have that that ability and that gift to continually lift people up in prayer. And the church needs those people. When you go to a restaurant, how many of you guys always like to have your glass empty? Nobody. How many of you all like to have your glass always full? Right? Yeah, that's that's a good waiter or a good waitress when, when it's just always full. You don't have to ask about it all the time. You don't have to slide it to the end of the table and like <clears throat> like when they pass by. You know, um, you know to do that. You don't know, do that because they're they're doing their job well. Some of you love to fill other people's cup. In, in our in our staff, we have uh, Noah, our, our our youth pastor. He was up here um, earlier today, and and uh, we call him the the biscuit butterer. And our staff, like he just always butters people's biscuit. Like just, that's just naturally what he is, you know, who he is. And he, he comes in and, and I, I thought uh, something, I did something terrible. He's like, man, that was amazing and incredible. He just, he's a great encourager. Some of you in this room, that's your gift, right? Is to encourage people. But the sad reality is, is that for a lot of us, the biggest influence that we have in this church is that we just sit in a seat. Not really do anything. We just take up space. Yeah, That's not how the body of Christ is supposed to operate. We are a body. And God is calling each one of us to to play our part, to to start something, to do something, so that believers can be encouraged as discipleship, but also so that people who are far from Christ can hear the good news and be saved. Their life can be changed. So here's the message for today. If you want to be a hero, if you want to be an ordinary hero— Fulfill your ministry. Whatever whatever it might be. I don't know what it is for you. But have you figured out what that is? To the believers in this room, let me give you some encouragement. You matter in the kingdom of God. Whatever your past is, no matter your age, you matter in the kingdom of God. You have been gifted. And God wants you to use those gifts. And so... Let me say this as a coach today. Don't quit. Don't quit. And what happens is, is when, when you find that mission in your life, God ends up getting the glory. And that is a beautiful thing. But I know there's some people in this room, maybe some people that are watching online this today that are just they're just checking things out. You're just checking out this whole Christianity thing, this whole church thing. But I got a message for you as well. And here's the message You matter in the kingdom of God too. You do. And God has a special plan for your life. And the beginning of this new life for you is trusting in Jesus. Because the message that we have for the world is that you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And yet Jesus came to this earth and lived a perfect life so that he could be the perfect sacrifice to get up on your cross and die on your behalf to pay for your sins. And when you accept that, it's called faith. When you do... God will change your life. And he will give you a purpose that's bigger than you could ever imagine. And so my encouragement to you today is don't quit. Don't quit searching after him. You know what? You'll eventually find him. And when you come into a relationship with God, you'll never be the same. For every single person in this room, for every single person that's watching, God is not done with you yet. He's not done with you. And so answer this today. What is God speaking into my life? And what decision do I need to make? What is my mission? And how am I going to live it out? It's my prayer for you. In fact, let me pray for you right now. Lord. I thank you for everybody in this room. I thank you for everybody watching right now. Lord, you've given every single person a specific mission in this life. We see this in Archippus' life. We don't know what his ministry was, but he had one. He was called to fulfill it, and the same thing goes for us. Every single one of us has been gifted specifically for a reason. We've been placed in the families that we're in, in the job we're in, in the school we're in, in the neighborhood that we're in, in the friend groups that we're in in the church we're in for a purpose. God, convict us if we're not living out our mission. We need to start something. We need to jump into something. We need to serve for the benefit of others. Help us, God, to get out of our seats and to do something for you. I pray, Lord, for anybody in this room, anybody listening right now, who is far from you, that, that, that is searching. God, I pray that you would be found in their life right now, that they would see their need for a savior and they would trust in you. They would repent of their sins and believe in Jesus. And God, you would give them a purpose and a plan. You would change their life. And for every single one of us, God, the decisions we make, we pray that they would bring you glory. We pray all this in Jesus' name we are super glad that you decided to join us today and if you watch us every week we're so glad that you join us and if you're watching right now for the very first time um, we want to just say welcome to the family we're so glad that you're here Um, if you're someone who during the message you thought you know what i want to know more about Christ I want to give my life to Jesus and I I want to know what it means to be forgiven Uh, we want to connect with you so if you could text forgiven to 94,000 and that way one of our ministers can reach out to you and you can begin that conversation of knowing how God can change your life Um, here at Central we truly do believe that Jesus changes everything see you guys later